Welcome to San Diego Magazine's Happy Half Hour. And this week we're brought to you by the Adams Avenue Business Association. The 20th annual Taste of Adams Avenue is back on Sunday, July 25th. This gastronomic trek will feature 39 restaurants, coffee houses, pubs, wine bars, breweries, and unique eateries on one of San Diego's hottest historic neighborhoods. Food lovers can access their favorite restaurants by foot, bike, or complimentary trolley service available alongside Adams. In addition to this adventurous tasting tour, attendees can also experience the neighborhood's many distinctive shops on Adams Avenue. Tickets are limited, so get yours today at adamsavenuebusiness.com. I will say that's one of my favorite events in town too. I've gone numerous, numerous, numerous years. Oh, Adams Avenue is just like this magical place of really cool old furniture, really cool old and young people. It's just it's it's and restaurants. It's one of my favorite spots. It's like, um, I don't know. It's like North Park North. <laughs> it's North Park for when the kids from North Park grow up out of North Park to get a little above. It's like. Right. When they're like, I can, you know what? I can, I can start looking at furniture that doesn't come in a, you know, a box. You know what I mean? (laughs) Awesome. Well, that is the boy of Troy Johnson. Also with us as always, Marie, how are you doing on this fine Tuesday? Are you asking me or Troy? I was asking you. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, Marie, I love you so much, Marie. It's such the resting editor face with you. You're like, are you asking me or Troy? (laughs) Marie is one of my favorite people. She's such a sunny, happy person. (laughs) Actually, I am a lot happier this week because I went to a spa over the weekend for the first time in 16 months. And I know this is not a beauty and wellness podcast, but um, I highly recommend if you're able to go get a massage or go to a spa that has, um, you know, facilities, uh, please do it. I went to Omni La Costa and I was there for seven hours, almost an entire workday, you know, just what? swimming, lounging. Ooh. Yeah. When, when you when you go to the spa and you sign up for a service, um, like a pedicure or a massage, then you get to use the facilities. So the steam rooms are closed, jacuzzis are closed, but a big hotel with a spa will have a pool just for spa users. There's Roman showers, there's lounge chairs, there's just places to sit around and do nothing. So I highly recommend that, um, do it if you're able or if you would like to buy your spouse a gift for a day, um, send them to a spa. Okay, now ignorance here. What are Roman showers? I know Roman showers to me, does it sound like a shower you walk into and they tell you how to conquer the world? Or like, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I really don't. I've, I've heard it. It sounds fantastic. I have no idea what it is. So um, basically it's just a strong uh, stream of water that's poured on you. So it's like you're sitting under a waterfall, but it feels like somebody's punching your back. That's how strong the water pressure is. Oh. You sit under there for maybe 10 minutes. You just let it hit like your the back of your neck and your shoulders. And it's like getting a second massage. We do have interesting jobs. You went to a um, spa for seven hours, which I think honestly deserves some sort of Olympic medal. I mean, that's that's extreme spying. You know, that's like, that's like, it's like spawing on Mountain Dew. Um, and I, and I went to like 19 donut shops again, you know, I'm just sitting there like my car smells like apple fritters and glaze. You know, my daughter even is tired of donuts. She's like, stop, just make it stop. I want to, oh, well, I, I want a smoothie. <laughs> and speaking of donuts. We happen to have someone that knows a little bit about donuts today on the podcast. We have such a cool special guest, Rowanna Canetti, owner of Gluten-Free Baking Company in North Park, is with us. Thank you so much for being here. 
Oh, I'm so excited to be here with you. I actually am just taking, I have a little box of gluten-free baking co treats and I'm taking photos of them while we're, um, while we're working. Although I just took a photo of this and we're doing it on zoom and I didn't realize how dirty my keyboard is. So it's bad marketing for you. I'm gonna have to retake the shot. I mean, <laughs> is anybody's keyboard really clean? Come on. No one has a clean keyboard, right? I, I have a method to cleaning mine. We'll talk about this off air and right, I'll, right, I'm, right. I'm there for you, Troy. I'm there to help. Thank you. <laughs> well, Let's just jump right into Hot Plate, some news and notes of San Diego that's happening right now. And the founding chef of Dijamara is opening a new restaurant in North Park. He is, and it's going to be called, um, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Hoxton Manor. And it's replacing where the North Park Breakfast Company was on University Avenue. Uh, Dijamara is an Indonesian restaurant in Oceanside that won several awards since it opened. It also got a bib gourmand from... Uh, Michelin. So the chef, Ryan Costanza, he moved to LA for a while to open other restaurants, but he's coming back to town uh, for this one. It's going to focus on Vietnamese, Thai, and uh, Lao dishes. So I looked into the meaning behind the name, and I'd like to know more. Uh, to me, Hoxton Manor makes me think of Downtown Abbey. So I, I don't know if it's a place or what the significance is. Troy, do you know anything about that? I have no idea about Hoxton Manor. I mean, I know I have the idea about the concept. I know Chef Ryan was what I'm going to talk about. In terms of the name, I'm definitely getting a, a downtown Abbey vibe. I mean, there's going to be some aristocrats doing um, specious things in that restaurant. You know, there's going to be obviously some infidelity, um, but with but with nice words. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know much about downtown Abbey. Can you can you tell? <laughs> this excites me a lot just because while North Park does have a lot of good restaurants, I feel like, you know, over the last bit of time, like some of the favorites have closed. And now it's awesome to see all these new places come in. You have uh, Verbena that just came in. And then now this place, like another two blocks away. This makes me very happy for my little neighborhood. Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys know Dijamara. Dijamara is, and it's still a fantastic, a fantastic Indonesian-focused um, restaurant. And Ryan Costanza was the opening chef there. Um, again, since left, he's really become a a uh, consultant. So he is actually the consultant on this. He's oh. helping open it. There is a chef de cuisine, but it doesn't matter. He's really going to design the menu. He's going to get it going. He's, I know he's going to be present. I don't know for how long for, but I mean, this is a guy who's worked under Dominique Crenn in Los Angeles and a fantastic chef, Daniel Patterson. Um, I mean, this is going to be like charcoal, smoke, fermentation, obviously with Asian flavors, you want to do a lot of fermentation. And you, anytime you ferment anything, it becomes great, you know, coffee, beer, bread, you know, whatever it is, fermentation just makes um, ordinary things extraordinary. Uh, so I think it's just going to be a great project. And like David said, Verbena Kitchen, I was just there the other day. Um, North Park is getting two really chef-driven concepts with these two kitchens, and it's it's really good to see. You know, and for a long time, one of the only chef-driven like real seasonal menus in North Park was Urban Solace. You know, and or Solace. I think I always pronounce that wrong. Uh, but anyways, Urban Solace is it. And and Matt Gordon had such a great run. You know, but he eventually had to close it down. He couldn't make it work. You know, to, to have these two chefs opening up little spots that are just and look really cool too. This is a really good thing to see like North Park coming back alive in food. I mean, it's always, it has great restaurants. It has great places already. So I'm not discrediting anybody that's already there, but this is just a great addition. Well, if I kept opening a new spot in North County, Marie, what is going on with this? 
So um, they just opened another restaurant last week in San Marcos, and it's in the North City development where uh, the old prep kitchen uh, location was. So if you're not familiar, um, Bona Forchetta specializes in Neapolitan pizza. And they started in South Park about 10 years ago. The founder, Matteo, is from Northern Italy. And I didn't know this, but they had seven locations before they opened this one. So this one is their eighth uh, location in the county. And just a random aside, um, I had to look up what North City was. So it's a planned community by Cal State San Marcos. It's been in the works for years. It's only about a quarter of the way done, but when it's complete, it's going to have 3,000 new housing units, parks, and a million square feet of office space. So to imagine square footage, uh, Fashion Valley is 1.7 million. So that's a lot. That's mm -hmm. a lot of uh, planned community. I mean, that is huge. I mean, it, they've talked about this. I mean, as a San Diego native, you know, I've lived in North County. I've lived in, you know, below the 5805 merge most of my life. Uh, you know, I've lived in Hillcrest and North Park and Golden Hill and, you know, OB now, obviously. But, you know, they, it really is two different cities, you know, and they've talked about developing kind of a downtown along that corridor. And this is kind of the beginning of that, you know, I mean, this is or actually I shouldn't say beginning. It's kind of a culmination of the first wave of that. You know, they're building that. I mean, a million square feet of office yeah. space. You can create a second city in San Diego, you know, almost like the Twin Cities, you know, are right above the merge. Because anybody who's lived up there, I mean, I, that merge is, is terrible. I mean, if, if and when we get back to traffic, even when life completely returns, um, it's, it's a little bit maddening to go in between. And we, we have friends that move up above the 8055 merge. And you're like, oh, see ya. Bye. You know, you're going to L.A.? Okay. You know, I mean, you don't see him that often because it's just hard. Uh, but anyways, Bonaforqueta, I mean, we're going to have to rename the city Bonaforqueta soon. Um, they, they are one of the most successful little shops. Um, and I, I bring out this out every time we talk about them. But um, owner Matteo, his family has one of the um, largest olive oil companies in Italy. It's um, one of the most historic, too, um, hundreds of years old. And the reason why some of their food is their food is great for a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons is, is that, you know, in any olive oil harvest, you have, you know, great um, uh, olives. And then you have amazing olives, like just like any kind of wine harvest. You have some grapes that turn out perfect. You have some grapes that turn out, mm, you know, and the greatest of the great every harvest they put on a boat. And they send it over to Mateo. You know, they send it over to their son, <laughs> wow. and he sprinkles it on all those dishes. So olive oil can make everything amazing. Roana, have you been to Botafogo? Yes, absolutely. We used to live in Italy for a couple of years, and so we are really excited coming back here about five years ago to find Botafogo. And a lot of the waiters and waitresses speak Italian, so my family loves going over and kind of practicing a little Italian and eating our favorite dishes. I've it's always, kind of like a second home, actually. I could <laughs> picture that. I, I, I'm always kind of, I mean, just enchanted. And, and, and you know, you're like walking to this Italian restaurant, you hear everyone speaking Italian. I'm like, how do you guys find so many expats? I mean, everyone in there seems to have that accent and can speak fluently and everything else. It really is kind of a, you know, it's a secondary. It's like a, a trip to Italy without the trip to Italy. Absolutely. So uh, th this isn't going to be popular opinion. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, David. What? <laughs> for, for Mateo Pizza Places, while I love Buona Fichetta, I like gelati and piccati that much more as far as this pizza goes. It is so good. The Roman-style pizza there, I've just fallen in love with it. I get it for lunch probably at least twice a week. I'm obsessed. That's one of their other restaurants. All right. Well, you, you're basically saying, like, your pizza is better than your pizza. 
Yeah. You know, I don't think they're going to be that upset about that. I think exactly. Gonna... It's, it's it's a there's a no lose situation that's going on here. Hot take from David. <laughs> All right. So if you're a fan of Top Chef, there will be a specialty charity dinner happening in San Diego coming up soon. And it's featuring contestants from the latest season, and it's happening in anime on August 1st. And four chefs mm. from season 18 in Portland are going to be reenacting Restaurant Wars. So the chefs are Shoda Nakajima, Jamie Tran, Maria Mazan, and Byron Gomez. They're going to recreate for one night their Latin Asian restaurant concept, Kokosan, and that won Restaurant Wars this year. So dinner is going to be six courses plus an appetizer created by anime's new chef, Tara Monsad, who we just had on the show. So the price includes beer, wine, taxes, and tip, but it's um, so $350 per person. And the funds are for a great cause. They are being donated to the World Central Kitchen, and that's the nonprofit founded by Chef Jose Andres, which provides meals to those in need. I also wanted to note, uh, to note that this event is organized by Sabrina Medora, um, a local national food writer who we also had on the podcast earlier this spring. This is her second event. And you can get more info or buy tickets at Explore Talk. That's T-O-C-K dot com. Man, I gotta, uh, we got to kind of get off anime here in a little bit because we did last um, week and this week, but I gotta, I, I'm just going to stay on it for a, a little bit longer. I went to dinner there with uh, Claire and I got to, we had like seven courses and just ev almost everything was phenomenal. Yep. They have a cabbage dish there that they treat like a steak and they actually cook it over the same charcoals that they do their Wagyu. And it's just charred and delicious. And they do a miso brown butter sauce on it. Oh, yep. I mean, they elevated like what is common, like commonly overlooked, you know, everybody's like cabbage. No, unless you're putting it on a fish taco, why the hell am I ordering that? You know, and then they elevate it, present it almost like a steak. So you've got to cut it. it is awesome. And it's just, it's a beautiful restaurant. You know, there's no, no two ways around it, you know, and the fact that she's kind of leading the, um, the, the charge on, on Filipino cuisine in San Diego, um, along with Phil Esteban and a few other chefs, obviously, um, you know, I, and I guess they've got like people driving down from LA, you know, to, yep. to eat, you know, at anime just to like, cause Filipino food hasn't had that kind of elevation in a long time. So it's good. And to tell you about another cool event that is coming up at the Best of San Diego Party presented by Valley View Casino Center happening at Legacy Plaza and Liberty Station on August 20th at 6.30. The event brings together the top local restaurants, breweries, winings, distilleries, and businesses as featured in San Diego Magazine's Best Restaurants and Best of San Diego Issues. Guests can expect unlimited bites and sips from more than 100 vendors along with live bands and entertainment, interactive art installations, relaxing lounge spaces, dancing, and as Troy's favorite, more. More. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can get tickets for the event at sdmag.com forward slash best of SD. And I've seen the list of restaurants. And if you go on there, there's still about 10 more to be added. I see already like 45 on there. It's a great list. What is this San Diego magazine you speak of? They sound exciting. I mean, this sounds <laughs> I like, I, I mean, really, it's kind of like Esquire, Vanity Fair, Vice of San Diego. I want to know more about these people. I want to go party with these people. They sound amazing. So and, uh, <laughs> just to let you know, uh, the place that we were just talking about that we uh, can't seem to ever stop talking about lately, Anime, will be there uh, serving up as well. 
Nice, nice. Look, you guys, I'm really looking forward to this. I love that David read it as if he hasn't lived it every single moment of his life for the last <laughs> six months. David has helped put on this event, plan this event, get the restaurants, you know, do all the digital stuff for it. I mean, this is David's living and breathing this. It's our first big party back, you know, and, you know, it was there was a talk of whether or not we were even going to be able to do this party. And now I think we all feel comfortable with San Diego opening back up. You know, me having gone to like seven different Padres games of 40,000 screaming people, I am looking forward to dancing and more. That's what I like about the more. It's when is next to dancing dancing and more <laughs> sounds like <laughs> dancing went really well <laughs> once again marie does put up a blog post on san diego magazine.com i just derailed this show about this. <laughs> hey, i am so sorry i am i really apologize for me no you you kidding that's that's what gives this show some life troy i mean if it didn't get derailed every once in a while i mean i'd i'd be bored of it <laughs> 200 and uh 236 episodes in you, you need some you need some surprises okay i'm gonna shut up while you do your thing okay we want to hear more from you our listeners do you have any questions need any restaurant recommendations give us a call at 619-744-0535 leave us a voicemail or if you want to you can email us at happy half hour sdmag.com you can also use that number and email to find out if you want to sponsor this lovely show similar to how uh, adams avenue business association did earlier and now let's get right to our awesome special guest, Rowanna Canetti, owner of Gluten-Free Baking Company in North Park. Rowanna founded the company back in 2015 after her son was diagnosed with a gluten allergy, and she opened the storefront in North Park in spring of 2020. The bakery offers donuts, brownies, bagels, and all kinds of pastries that are gluten-free. And Rowanna even made an appearance on Sugar Rush on Netflix. In honor of Pride Week, Rowanna created a special Pride menu and will be donating 20% of the sales to the National Black Justice Coalition and civil rights organizations focused on empowering black LBGTQ plus people. What a great cause. Thank you so much again. Yeah, we are so excited to support this organization. And um, San Diego has a great Pride Week going on, and we're happy to just be a part of that. And um, you know, our contribution is as always gluten-free with sprinkles. And so we're just having a great time over here. Uh, that is the best um, addition. That's the best and more for gluten-free. Gluten-free <laughs> with sprinkles. More. Sprinkles and more. Nice. And more. <laughs> Rihanna, tell us a little bit. Of, I, I love your story. We've we've had a conversation before. I've uh, done a story on you in, in the past, the San Diego Magazine. Can you give, give us people a little bit of background about yourself? Um, you know, you, you have an impressive background. Like you, you got your degree in leadership, right? And then you start, you went to the Peace Corps where you kind of like, I would imagine you kind of got a life's purpose out of that and learned a lot of stuff but give us a little bit of idea about your background well i have a, a master's in global leadership and my emphasis emphasis is race and gender in leadership and i spent um, about 10 years as an international leadership consultant and i was project based and so while yes um i worked alongside the peace corps i did not right. join the peace corps the peace Got corps it. had a project in mid-africa and they were looking for a little bit of help. So I worked alongside them and had the pleasure of, after working from a distance, I'm going to see the project finish out in Burkina Faso. 
uh, in person and it was fantastic. It was called Knitting for Nutrition. And this was just one of the many projects that I was involved in. I've always come at things from a social justice perspective. This was a women and infant health initiative. Um, I did another project in North Africa in Tunisia where we paired equal numbers of American Christians with Tunisian Muslims. All of them were artists. And so we did art for peace and uh, had a great time over there. And so, yeah. Can you tell me about, I mean, not to get too off topic, we're going to, obviously, you make great gluten-free baked goods. I mean, and, and it helps a lot of people that have, you know, um, allergies and, you know, and dietary restrictions and, and just, and just people who like things with sprinkles. But can we go back to knitting for, for nutrition? Uh, tell me, what, can yeah. you tell me about that project? I, it's one of the coolest stories I remember when we talked. So the issue with the, the genesis of the project was that um, they had a healthcare worker who was in the Peace Corps in this small village. And the women um, in the village, they were actually, they stopped feeding their children um, milk once, they're, once they got pregnant with the next child. And they immediately would wean their child onto this, um, they called it formula, but it was actually just boiled flour in water. Mm -hmm. And so if you can imagine a baby going immediately from mom's milk to this boiled flour and water, the kids were malnourished, yeah. malnourished. It was the parents' fault, but grandma had done it. Great grandma had done it. Mom had done it. So we all do it. So mm -hmm. these kids are dying and it's a very easily solvable um, it wasn't about finances. It was about lack of knowledge about nutrition. And we just couldn't crack the code to get them to come to health seminars. So when we talked about currency in the village, we found out that shoes were something that nobody had. So we put out this cry to knitters and crocheters across the globe, honestly, and said, hey, can you crochet baby booties and send them to us? And so literally from five continents we had people sending us these packages um, people were donating their times retirement there was one retirement home that sent us over 100 pairs of booties and so when we were in africa we said if you come to our nutrition seminar your baby gets a free pair of booties and the seminar and the nutrition content was all taught by local people in local language mm -hmm. building on blocks of of nutrition that they already had in their diet and the incentive was these knitted booties. And it was wildly successful. They came for the booties, they learned about nutrition. And um, we heard, you know, for even a year afterwards that it did change the way that the mothers looked at nutrition and fed their babies. And so really proud to have had so many people involved because while I was there on the ground, there was, we collected 1500 pairs of booties, which means there's 1500 individuals that were involved with us in that project. And that really makes me proud. I, I still get chills. I still get choked up hearing that story. I love, and I just picture, you know, people like you were saying, people in retirement homes, and that helps give people purpose too. Like I know that my parents are retired and I know that when I'm retired, you know, a, the, one of the problems that we see with our retired, um, you know, community members is just keeping active, right? And having, you know, projects to work on and it, that helped them f have something to focus on and they could help somebody else. I, I, it's, that's an amazing, I, I love that story. Uh, well, so and it's interesting, too, because, you know, at the seminars, we would cook a large pot of this porridge mm -hmm. and um, we cooked it over a fire and then we gave everybody a sample of it. 
And, you know, this is where food and social justice intersect for me. And that intersectionality continues to this day. And, and it's not just me, it's my staff, but it's also the people that come into my bakery or the people that come and purchase items that have a donation, you know, for this organization that we're, sell this, that we're supporting for Pride Week. You know, it's community-based and food is, food is life. Yeah. So I mean, so so equality and justice is something that you've been involved with and, and proactively working towards for a long time. And whether or not be a food or booties or, you know, um, nutritional education or whatever it is. So let's go. How did you transfer from, you know, helping these sorts of projects um, to San Diego and starting up the gluten free concept? I mean, it just seems like that. Those two don't usually go, you're like, you know what I'm going to start? International leadership, and then I'm going to open up gluten-free bakery. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, it's not the usual transition. Some people have a straight path in line. Mine likes to wind here <laughs> and there. Well, I, while I was doing knitting for nutrition, my son was three, and it was diagnosed with an egg, a nut, and a wheat allergy. And... We were living in Italy at the time, and uh, it was very easy. Italy's world leader on food allergies and accommodations for them. I could find gluten-free and nut-free, but I couldn't find egg-free because honestly, if you're going to pull gluten out of something, egg is your best bet for mm -hmm. structure. And so I really... I mean, this was like 10 years ago before internet and blogs and, you know, all these baking recipes online. It was before that was cool and a thing. And there was one or two blogs that sort of taught about gluten-free. I honestly didn't know what it was. And I have to say, I really was uneducated about food in general. Italy was great for that for me. And so I just started creating these recipes. It was a bumpy road. Again, not that straight line, very winding. Um, my husband is extremely tolerant and he has eaten everything I've baked. He eats things now with more of a smile on his face. And <laughs> a couple of grimaces so, in the beginning. Yes, a lot of them. But he was polite. We had a rule that was he could give comments 24 hours after the eating experience. <laughs> oh, my God. You just saved every marriage in America right there. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that I, know. I my daughter does not abide by that. She's like, no, this is bad, bad dad. Oh, salted. Thanks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so the, okay. So you started cooking, I are baking for um, your son and you're trying to, you know, create a bunch of different recipes for him. And then how does it turn into a business? How, how do you, how, it was like doorstep, right? Yeah. I mean, the teacher at his school, couldn't have I can't remember what it was she couldn't have milk and she couldn't have wheat and she said can you make me some bread I can't find bread so I made her some bread somebody else I'm allergic to nuts can you make me a cake and it kind of snowballed from there and to be honest Italians are very picky about food and so I knew when they were telling me no this really tastes good that I was kind of on to something mm -hmm. and again the the intersectionality you know of different projects in my life I I really enjoyed food and I really enjoyed the, the opportunity to provide people with something that was safe for them to eat. And so I had the opportunity at that point to go back to school and get an MBA in entrepreneurship. And um, I studied the gluten-free food scene for my thesis. And we knew that we wanted to move back to San Diego. And so I just started compiling a business plan and it, you know, again, 
you know, the winding road here and there. And here we are today. I'm sitting in my 2,400 square foot production facility. And um, this production facility, because it's gluten-free, it's unique. So we actually are home to several other businesses in our facility. We have Crossroots Juice, Maya Moon Collective, Doman Sante. We have a bone, Brodino Bone Broth and Ono Overnight Oats. And all these companies are gluten-free, but they serve a sector. There's one sector that does um, sugar-free. There's one sector that does juice. There's one sector that does bone broth. There's another one that does chocolate. And um, again, each of us are reaching out in a direction that other people can't, you know, to offer to the community what they're looking for and what their health is requiring for them. And Ridley, so your bakery does exactly what you've kind of fought for and studied for for a long time. I mean, if I'm going down to a donut shop, I'm currently on this donut quest, you know, and I'm eating this beautiful apple fritter. There are a lot of people who can't. You know, there's a lot mm -hmm. of people who can't don't have access to that kind of joy, you know, or they get, they're prohibited from, from their al their allergies, you know, to participate in that. And you're helping people kind of get there, you know, by creating, you know, a gluten free version of a, you know, sprinkle cookie of a lemon tart of a donut or whatever it is. You're helping people access, you know, um, what is commonly enjoyed by other people, I guess. Well, and I love talking to my shop assistants because they always tell me our customers are so happy. People walk in the door and the first thing they say is, oh, there's so many choices. I never get this many choices. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that we're known for, our reputation is on it, is that we are gluten-free. We are trustworthy. If we say that it's safe, it's safe. And I can't tell you how many people have burst into tears at their wedding cake. One lady burst into tears and was hugging me because we made a gluten-free, dairy-free gingerbread house for her son who had never, he was so allergic to wheat, he couldn't touch it. And it's great to make donuts every day for a living, but it's also great to feel like we're making the world a better and safer place at the same time. Yeah. I mean, it, whenever you can get meaning out of work, I mean, it, you know, doing something as a bakery, I mean, there's meaning period. If you're just creating some beautiful food and you're, you know, and helping people um, foster a community where they can come and join and talk to their neighbors and enjoy some food together and break bread. I mean, that's how we build a community. But if you're helping people who usually can't access that because of, you know, an allergy or something like that, it just adds a different layer of meaning to your career. The, um, and how is how is the functional market now? I know the functional market has been growing, you know, in terms of, again, whether it's uh, cooking for specific allergies or for religious purposes or for you know philosophical beliefs or whatever. Is it does it continuing to is it continuing to grow? I mean, you you approach this I know from an MBA perspective, you know, I, yeah. is that hockey stick still going up? Yeah, we're statistics based, of course, and um, so the 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 number put out right now. Um, is 33% of diners, if given a choice, would choose gluten-free. And so that number is across the board. We do wholesale too. We do a lot of bread, bagels, and desserts for restaurants and coffee shops, donuts as well. And so we see that a lot. All of these accounts that started out smaller, the minute that somebody hears there's gluten-free, then it kind of snowballs. And the thing is, that's interesting from a customer profile is the gluten-free customer is loyal. If you know that you can go to communal coffee and they're going to have a donut that's gluten-free and dairy-free and you can eat that, that's a great place to go with friends because you already know you're safe. So yes, we see the trend. The other thing that we've seen a lot and it started just after COVID was um, requests for gluten-free and vegan 
dessert and bread. And so um, we respond to our customer requests. We had so many. So we carry about 40% of our products are gluten-free and vegan. And you have to keep in mind that when I say vegan, I actually mean egg-free and dairy-free because there is a sector of the population that eats meat, mm -hmm. but is wildly allergic to eggs or milk. There's also a sector of the population that ethically is vegan. So we're here to make them all happy and put sprinkles on it. You know, I wonder if that's because of the vegan gluten-free cookie dough that Costco sale sells. After you said it was after the pandemic, that is delicious stuff. I will yeah. tell you, I, 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 I remember my wife brought it home and I was like, oh, I'm like gluten-free and vegan. I'm like, I mean, I mean, I'm like, I don't have any of those restrictions. Why do I, why are you putting them on me? You know, and I tasted it and it was absolutely delicious. It's just gotten, the food has gotten so much better, right? Well, and besides, if it's gluten-free and vegan and it's cookie dough, you can eat the whole tub without worrying about salmonella. So I say go for it. Absolutely. And I have done that once or twice. I want to go back to your, you basically have, you know, a brain trust, a hub of, you know, you sound yes. like six or eight gluten-free or, um, you know, uh, functional kind of food companies in your That's commissary right. kitchen. So you guys, I imagine you guys trading notes too. And like, you know, and sharing like, you know, tips and tricks and everything else in that space, right? So I love it because Maya Moon Collective, they do truffles and they are in the process of moving into a space on Adams Avenue. And so they're doing all these recipe testing. So of course, you know, there's guinea pigs everywhere in the kitchen <laughs> who want to do nothing more than test gluten-free chocolate or what other baked goods. And I love, I love that. And then, you know, we always will have the, Hey, does anybody have somebody that does logos? Hey, does anybody know where I can source gluten-free oats? And there, yeah, you're right. It's a brain trust. What a great word. And um, very supportive. And we all also really enjoy each other's company and products. I mean, you know, you get breakfast, lunch, and dinner while you're there. Absolutely. And let's, all right, let's talk about your shop that you opened up. I know it's, it's just a tiny little shop. It's, it's quaint and beautiful. And there's somebody um, mopping up the, the um, sidewalk behind you. Um, uh, I should say that Rowanna <laughs> yeah. is in her car right now. She's in her Mini Cooper. We've had multiple <laughs> studio guest appearances from the front seats of cars, and she is one of them. Um, so the, uh, uh, your little shop. So that's basically a showcase, right, of of your um, bigger kitchen. Um, what do you sell there? What is the most popular thing that you've done? What do people come there for day and day? What have been your hits? What's your Pearl Jam Alive? What's your knocking on heaven's door of gluten-free baking? <laughs> well, yes, um, there's so many, but I will say that we are famous for our donuts and bagels. And gluten-free people will tell you those are the two hardest things to get gluten-free. Your bagel is phenomenal. I have had your bagel. I took, <laughs> I, I went there and tried a, a, a bevy of treats. The bagel, I just, I, I fell in love with it. It's, it's, it's excellent. So, well, thank you very much. We worked very hard. We partnered with Big City Bagels on that recipe and uh, I never made a bagel. So the owner, Christy, and I got together and collaborated on the recipe and I learned how to boil bagels and I now have a bagel kettle in the facility. Um, our lemon bars and cheesecake were famous for those as well. And um, we have, I mean, we have a little bit of everything from cinnamon rolls to hamburger buns, pizza crust that you take home and bake yourself, cookies, cream puffs. And when people request things, we try to accommodate. 
I'm eating that black lemon bar right now. It's really, really yeah. good. That lemon uh, bar is amazing. I know. Sorry. Speaking of a uh, speaking of collaborations, then can I request a, a gluten free collaboration, dirty flat top cheeseburger with the friendly? In fact, don't tell them I told you. But if you come to our shop and buy a hamburger bun. If you take that thing next door, they will put it together for you. No kidding. Oh Look my gosh, that. this is insider secrets right here. <laughs> That's off the secret menu. <laughs> we won't tell Brandon you told us. <laughs> okay. So how did you become how did you become involved with the National Black Justice Coalition exactly? You know, when I moved to San Diego, I looked into local and American organizations that um, really, for me, the most important is that they truly fulfill their mission. And um, they, this is, listen to what they say. We envision a world where all people are fully empowered to participate safely, openly, and honestly in family, faith, and community, regardless of race, class, gender identity, or sexual orientation. And so we just love that. And we wanted to support them. And you know, we do our thing and we do it well. And I can't jump into the social justice arena right now, but what we can do is collaborate with our uh, our clients and um, do a fundraiser together. And so that's what we're doing. And we, excuse me, we've done this yearly and it went very, last year was our first year, it went very well and we're excited to do it again. Yeah, I mean, look, you're running a business. It doesn't take just, um, it's not like a part-time job. It's not 10 hours, 20 hours, you know, you have a business to run, but there there are those small ways that everybody can get in, involved and, you know, raise awareness. And obviously you're talking about it in this, on this podcast, you're talking about it on, on your website, you're talking about it as a business to your customers, you know, and you're just spreading that word. I, I think it's it's a good way that you can do small steps. You know, it doesn't always have to be, you know, jumping in full with your full entire life. There are people that can do that. That's amazing. You know, for people who can't, there are ways to help. And I think that's a great way. Yeah. And we're happy to support them because they're doing the work. Yeah. Right. So what is the best way for someone that wants to help support? And uh, what's the best way for them to order? Is it direct from the wholesale? Is it going to the shop? How are the different ways that people can contribute? Okay. So if we're talking strictly about contributing to the National Black Justice Coalition, we have two products for sale in the shop right now. Um, well, sorry, two product varieties. One is cupcakes and then one is a fried cake and the cake is striped all colors of the rainbow. So it's a, a six layer cake and you can get a slice of it. These two specifically come with their price includes a donation to the NBJC. If you want to donate extra, you tell the shop assistant and they'll ring up whatever you'd like to donate extra. And then at the end of the month, we tally it up and then we match the fund. And tell people where they can find you guys on social media and all that fun stuff. Yes, we're the GF Baking Co. And we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and you can visit our websites as well. And if you like to place an order ahead of time for a bigger event, you can do that. Otherwise, we keep our pastry cases stocked and you can just walk in and get overwhelmed with how many choices we have. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us. How do you guys feel about jumping into Zoom? Uh, two people, 50 bucks. Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. I, I think we got to give the um, honorary go first to Rowanna here. Rana, are you ready? I'm ready. Go for it. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Plumeria Vegetarian. I absolutely love, love their stuff. And I always order a tangerine chicken. 
or a pad thai. And then am I saying my second pick as well, or am I waiting patiently for oh, everybody go to have for a it. turn? You can do it. <laughs> um, I love Meraki Cafe. If you want a little bit of a lighter fare, I um, I go for one of their sandwiches. And of course, um, being the gluten-free girl, I'm going to ask for that on a gluten-free bagel. So I went to a new Thai place in Hillcrest called White Elephant. It's where Amarin Thai was, or it's next door, right in the same building next door to where Amarin was. And I got the crispy duck salad. So it's crispy duck with pineapple and cilantro and greens. And it's in a sweet chili sauce. And it doesn't have fish, fish sauce in it. So if you don't care for that condiment, but you love um, lob and, and you love Thai salads, then that's a good option to get. I, I really liked it. Nice. Troy, your, yourself. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to say that in this opened yesterday and I am, when Cafe Chloe went out in San Diego, that left a, a, um, a very adorable hole in my soul. Um, I, I, I missed that place. I loved that place. And it was bracingly charming in a part of town that was, it was really urban, you know, and, you know, I always say it was like a flower in a bucket of nails, you know, and I feel that Verbena Kitchen in North Park is kind of the same way. I walked in and I was like, oh, this feels like Chloe to me, you know, and what Chloe was good at was that it was a really talented, talented chef, Katie, who would, you know, crank out such good food with great ingredients, you know, uh, for in a tiny, tiny little kitchen. And this is Verbena Kitchen. Opened up yesterday, Chef Ronnie Schwantz. He was at, he worked with Trust Group, which is Fort Oak and Trust and everything else. And worked with Blue Bridge Hospitality and her TK, um, Tim Kalenko, who had worked for years over at the Logitory Pines. Um, so this guy is, and he also worked at the Grand Del Mar at Amaya under Michelin star chef Jason McLeod. So he knows what he's doing. He's been around for a long time, Chef Ronnie Schwant. He's got a Moroccan spiced um, lamb loin that's sous vide, and he does it with Ras Al Hanout, um, which is a, you know, um, a Moroccan spice blend. It's, you know, cinnamon and, and allspice and everything else. It's delicious. The side of, um, of couscous with some local vegetables. He is genuinely doing farm to table. He knows all of the farmers at the North Park um, Farmers Market. He's going to be using them specifically. Um, there's Kiwana Farms that he just had some strawberries in when I was there that he was making a jam off of. You know, some people talk about doing farm to table. Somebody, some people actually do it. And this guy is really, really doing it. And they do have a wine-based cocktail program. There's one called Tea Time. It's an Earl Grey soaked soju with vermouth, vermouth, cream sherry, almond demi, lemon, and rosemary milk wash. With this cocktail does is they add milk to this to this entire collection of you know um, semi spirits and it creates a curdle i know that sounds disgusting but just wait for it so they take the once they take the curdle off what's left with is the whey so the whey creates this really creamy mouthfeel like just velvety and a kind of viscous and it just smooths everything out there's no curds in the drink they 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 take it out but it is absolutely phenomenal it gives this really kind of like magic trick you know not thick as in like sickly thick you know just kind of velvety you know it kind of rounds out that entire drink verbena kitchen north park you guys have to go check this place out and the guy's cooking on two induction burners in the back two i like chef where's the fire he's like 
Well, I don't have him. I don't have a gas range. I don't have a hood. He's got two induction <laughs> burners. It's like a camping stove. You know, I mean, I mean, a very advanced camping stove. Induction burners are fantastic. They <laughs> scream. But, you know, it's it's a really impressive place. Um, uh, three San Diego natives are opening it. So, yeah, definitely go check them out. That was going to be my two people 50 bucks as well because I got to go try some of the brunch offerings. But I'll save that for another week for two people 50 brunches. But so... um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going this week with what originally was supposed to be two people, 50 bucks happy hour that turned into a 22 ounce, 45 day dry aged bone and ribeye. So it's, wow. it's, just, it's just kind of funny how those things happen. But so rare society up off park, you know, it's part of the trust restaurant group. My buddy Caleb and I, we went to go get some drinks and a couple appetizers as a snack. And, you know, snacks we got were delicious we got you know these uh wagyu uh beef dumplings and whatnot and then we started we're like we're like uh dude let's get a little crazy and so we split this 22 40 out 45 day aged bone in ribeye and it was phenomenal but so this is where it's even crazier is like um their staff is so in tune with everything that is going on like we're sitting at the bar and we're looking at it and we notice we're like it's slightly overcooked we don't say a word the person just sees us looking at us and overhears us like, did you say your steak is slightly overcooked? We're like, we're like, we're like, yeah, it's totally fine. We're not worried. We're like, we're not the type to ever send anything back. We're like, we're going to totally be fine enjoying it. They're like, uh-uh, no. And they literally just pulled the plate from us without us like even giving us a choice. Brought us that all new different sides and appetizers and then a new steak. And it's like, just talk about going above and beyond. And that's just really kind of like mm. Brad Weiss's mission. I feel like with most of his restaurants, he's like, if it's not perfect, it's not going out. But so with that as well, you know, we got some of their traditional sides. We got the, um, uh, the truffled cream spinach. We got this oven roasted asparagus with the egg vinaigrette. And then the cocktail program is just really, really good too. So we had some delicious cocktails. So two people, 50 bucks plus a 45 day aged bone and ribeye Dude, i want a happy hour with you i don't know if yeah, i can afford it but I, I i but I, I it sounds like it it escalates quickly into a 45 day age ribeye you're like and then you know then we juggled a couple a couple lobsters and you know <laughs> oh we were contemplating it don't get me wrong <laughs> great well once again thank you so much for being on the podcast i'm now definitely going to need to go try to get one of these collaboration hamburgers with you guys and with the friendly. So Rowanna, once again, thank you so much. Such a pleasure to be here. Thanks to all of you. Yeah, Rowanna, th thanks for coming on. I again, everybody go try that bagel too. I, I mean, I, there's multiple things, but that bagel still has a warm place in my heart. And, and thank you for what you're doing. And uh, I am glad to see you were happy and healthy after all this year and a half and you're, you're moving forward. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, too. You can find more out about Troy at Hey Troy Johnson on Instagram, myself at David Eli Martin on Instagram, and you can email Marie at MarieTSDMag.com. And until next week, we'll see you later. Thank you all for joining us. <laughs>